Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mythos Manual, an how-to for RPG homebrew. I'm your host, Calder Kadavid, and with me, as always, are three very famous painters from the Renaissance. Oh, cool, sweet. Um, I am Paul. I play Kafka. He is a crow person and a fighter, and I am I'm Botticelli. Botticelli. Just, just paint all them chubby folk. Okay. <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm Christy. I play Kata, the wear-touched snake shifter. I don't want to pick a Renaissance painter. I'm going to pick Monet. Okay. Oh. Definitely a Renaissance painter, but I like you for defying me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck uh, me, I guess. All right. that, that's, that's called feminism. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I made um, my own choice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have to stick to my you, labels. You don't control her. Yeah. Uh, I'm Alan. I play Domius Malivore, the, the Dampier, Dampier psychic. Uh huh. And thank you for leaving Michelangelo for me because I wanted the gay one. There you go. Well, thank I didn't you. Want, they were all gay, Alan. I don't. I didn't want to take yeah, a turtle, but mine was the really, really <laughs> gay one. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> well, wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Paul's not a turtle, but Alan is. Christy is an expressionist <laughs> painter from 300 years later. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I did, that's my preferred art. It's a good one. You know, it's, I like Monet. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, we're in the dragon's jungle. <laughs> <laughs> As I, always, I always want to remind you. <laughs> yes. So, this, the whole camp, Poema, just been shot up. Everybody is still in shock. We're picking right up from where we left off last week. Dalton lies dead in a puddle of his own blood. Genioka's corpse is just about 15 feet away. Kafka stands silently in grief and pain over the death of his friend while the rest of the camp looks on. What happens, everybody? What are you guys doing? Well, first off, he's not in his own blood. I used my flaming sword, cauterized the wound. He I died think, quickly. I think Domius walks up and he puts his arm around Kafka. Gently. Ah! And he says, he says, Be sure to cut off his head so he does not rise as a ghoul. This is my advice for you as a friend. Uh, and I walk away. <laughs> Kafka just kind of stands there, and he's just kind of rocking in place. He he tried so hard not to have this fight. You really did. You yeah. really, really did. Mm-hmm. It's real sad. I think uh, Suresh wanders over. It's, the whole Sumadra family is there, and Anushka looks on, and then she starts crying, and she goes into her mother's chest, and they, they walk away for a while. So sadly, everyone had spent so much time trying to nurse Dalton back to health, and he seemed like he was going to make a recovery, yeah. and, and then this happens. It was upsetting. Um, I'm crying, but I don't want anyone else to see that I'm crying, so okay. I go into Dalton's tent, and I'm about to find the money that needs to go to his father. Okay, you're looking around through Dalton's stuff? Yeah. Why don't you make a perception check? Because he told me where it was, so I should just know. Well, it's an 18. Hey, you find his money. You find a, a sack of uh, 1,500 gold pieces. Uh, the other half was going to be promised him at the end of the uh, quest. Okay. At the end of the job, I suppose. You also find, amongst his other things, you're kind of going through, you know, he's got his clothes and everything else, his uh, gun equipment. You also find in a chest that he carries uh, a longbow. A longbow? Yes. Why would he have that? It's, uh, I don't know. Why, why does he have a longbow? I don't know. He has some guns on him. Yeah, he has I two. mean, I'm referring to his biceps, of course. Oh, <laughs> oh. dead. Yes. Oh, you're right. The body is barely cold, Alan. 
because I killed it with fire damage. I mean, he's probably the second hottest corpse after Jon Snow, but sure. That's true. Nice. <laughs> Die young and leave a beautiful corpse. That's right. It's a very um, topical three-year-old reference. <laughs> uh, Jon Snow is still hot and not dead. I guess I take the longbow just okay. for giggles. I'm going to put it with my stuff. Okay. My, I don't know, somewhere. Okay. We'll sell it later. Great. Um, I come back to Kafka. Okay. I put my hand on his back. Great. And I say, I'm sorry. I I might have been insensitive. And I, I reach around with my um, sickle and I say, do you need assistance with this? <gasps> I think Kafka passes out, actually. Oh, he's so, he, he's so hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did that last fight with only four HP in the tank at any point. I could have just taken a face full of bullet and that would have been it for Kafka. Would have been full on duck season, Elmer Fudd style. Um, so I think I think now is a dramatically expeditious time for Kafka to pass out from blood loss. I would say that's true. So what happens is uh, the laborers, Cheldi, Shayaka, they all help they help repair Jinioka and Dalton's bodies. They're gonna go take him outside and make a little gravesite. People are really re- morose. Everyone's very sad about what's happening, but it's late. It's getting getting kind of late, and uh, Kafka is now sleeping back in his little. Do you have a tent? I have a nest. Yeah, he's back in his nest. So it, it was I brought back to my nest? Like, is are, is anybody taking care of me, or are they just kind of did they just kind of dump me in my nest and hope things would be okay in the morning? I think Bowenye uh, brought you back over to your nest. Cool. He looks at, he looks over. He's like, "Hey, Kafka, buddy, you you hang in there." You saved us all, champ, and he slugs your unconscious arm. <laughs> I think I think when he does that, actually, Archibald flashes him a very dull-eyed look of warning with his horrible goat eyes. And I think Moenye draws back. He does. This goat! And he, he gets out of there, not trusting that goat. It's like, is anybody going to tend to my wounds while I'm asleep, or... I think I'd go to Shayaka, and I say, and I tell him how I offered to help the Birdman, you know, decapitate his close friend for his own good and apparently he fainted from from it and i suggest that perhaps maybe he should check on him you know okay so uh <laughs> shayaka's like yeah yeah poor kid he's he's taking a real beating out here i'll go uh i'll go look in after him i'll maybe we got a senbu bean paste around here we can shove down his throat it's he, he has a beak it is a beak that oh that makes it even easier it is true. I hear that they. I hear that the mothers just they just put the food down it from their own. That's that is true. That's how they eat. It's a beautiful bonding experience between chick and mother. You could you could put it in your mouth and just spit it into his. I'm no mother friend. <laughs> uh, so Shaka goes in. He'll give you a sembu bean paste while you sleep too. So you can recover your normal sleep in addition to a sembu bean paste. Cool. I go back to my hammock and cuddle with Ka, my snake, because okay. I'm sad. Ka wraps around your forearm and she, he, she, she, she squeezes it tight. Yeah. We're snuggling. Was it always a she? I don't think it was gendered before. During this night, I think, uh, Deontay's up. He's doing uh, surveillance, making sure there's no other crazy surprises. He's got maybe one of Dalton's spare guns. He has no idea how to use it, but he's got it with him, holding it, looking into the jungle, scared out of his mind. I'm definitely staying with Shiaka tonight. Okay, great. Absolutely. Okay. As you guys all dream, and you all have it off in dreamland, Kafka, you have a dream. You find yourself back at the university. What was it like? What was, what was Kafka's student life like? Um, 
I think Kafka definitely played hacky sack on the quad. Mm. I think he was one of those kids. Okay. Um, and, you know, sometimes it was hacky sack season, sometimes it was ultimate frisbee season, but Kafka liked to hang out on the campus lawn a lot and not so much in the school library. I think most of his most of his time there was a lot of not going to class and then not going to office hours and um, and just kind of almost treating this this college experience like kind of a vacation. Okay, great. So Kafka finds himself in the quad. He's surrounded by his school chums. Yeah. They're all having a good time. They're playing a little hack. Yeah. You know, like they're having a good time. You get a good hack going. Like you're at it for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I think my specialty is uh, the, is like the little, the little talent bump. I'm good mm-hmm. at, I'm good at like, I can pierce the hacky sack on my talent and then I can fling it really far. Nice. Yeah, people got to really, really haul to try and hack it back into the circle. <laughs> I, I imagine that, like, magic hacky sack that the, the, the sack, like, screams every time you kick it. <laughs> it's got a little life. <laughs> it, it doesn't <laughs> like being kicked. Um, <laughs> nice catch, turtle. Wait, you're not supposed to catch. This is hacky sack. Turtle's like, oh, I lost a point. You win again, Kafka. <laughs> 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 so, so, like, so right then, so that's when Yulster walks past. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. And <laughs> like, absolutely. It's yeah. like, young men, do not hacky sack on this lawn. It isn't gentlemanly. Yeah, whatever, man. I'll stop hacky sacking over your dead body, and I keep hacky sacking. And and I'm super good at it. And he may chance it away from you. And it walks off. All right, so you oh, know. Oh, man, that was my only hacky sack. <laughs> no, it's not. You remember, there is another hacky sack in your locker. Wait a second. I just remembered. I have another hacky sack in my locker, which are things that you have in college. There were, there, yeah, <laughs> it is college, you do. <laughs> it's a dream. It's a dream. It's like, whatever. It's, like, it's, it's your high school, like, you're like, you know, suddenly you turn the corner and there's like a bunch of animals, you know. And, um, <laughs> Excuse you, I am an animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first off, he skateboards there. Yeah, you skateboard there. But your school chums are with you, and they're all on their own skateboards. They're doing tricks and ollies yeah, in the hallways. Absolutely. <laughs> I think at one point we passed like a table where, like, there's like a, what's a, what's a sport in the stitched world? Baseball. Okay. There's a big <laughs> great. It's perfect. There's a big baseball game this weekend, um, and and the University of Chermov does not have a good baseball team, and so they're encouraging everybody to pet the school mascot for luck. Yeah. And as Kafka zips by, he's just like, <coughs> I'm not touching that thing. And, <laughs> and and the and the creature looks at him with his horrible goat eye. Yeah, I think and Hardball just kind of you just hear like this low low roar. As yeah. you look at him, yeah, yeah there's a like kind of a, lo- a low hum, and then like one of my skateboard wheels spontaneously just comes off, and I just totally fucking eat it, right? And I have to walk the rest of the way to my locker. All right, you get to your locker, you put in the lock into your combination. You got you're surrounded by your chums. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's high fiving. People are passing around a vape pen. Mm-hmm. Someone's listening to Incubus. Like it's just a good time. Yeah. Well, after this, we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back to my buddy Chet's room, and we're gonna play. We're gonna play two weeks <laughs> for hours. We're gonna play two weeks. <laughs> so everyone's jamming, and you go to open your locker, and suddenly a deluge, just an enormous avalanche of bird seed pours out of your locker, sweeping you away. Whoa! 
and it, just, and it keeps <laughs> it keeps pouring bird seed. It keeps pouring and pouring and pouring bird seed. It's filling the hallway, and your school chums—they're just laughing at you. They're just laughing at you, Kafka. They're abandoning you. You might even think this might have been like some sort of horrible prank for a moment. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it would have been hilarious, like, maybe a little racist, but, you know, you gotta let the people be a little racist to you so they'll like you and hang out with you. Yeah, and suddenly, deep in, in the back of your locker, where all the seeds pouring out, it starts, like, it's just darkness, just oozing darkness. You feel a, a low rumble coming out of it as this darkness has infected the seed, and the seed's slimy, and it's almost moving around. It's like it's got eyes and tentacles, and it's just kind of coalescing around Ooh. you. It's uh, like it's being like wrapped by a wet shadow. What the fuck are you doing, Cal? <laughs> <laughs> and you're and like you're almost drowning in this in this horrible seed. And I can't even enjoy it. You can't. It's it's horrible. It's salty and tastes like tar. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly you hear. a... And you look up, and something is eating the seed around your head. It's eating all the seed. And it's it's Archibald the goat. It's the school mascot. I'm sorry I said that thing. I'll give you pets. I'll give you scritches. I'll give you whatever you want. It keeps eating up the seed. It keeps eating up the seed. And suddenly it just, and it gets bigger as it eats the seed. And its body is changing and becoming more and more horrific and monstrous as it eats the seed and it's just like it just almost like a vacuum just sucking it up into its body and then this darkness from in your locker kind of just flies and it eats the darkness too and it looks at you and kind of bleats again and it starts to scream as its body racks and a whole weird contortions and you wake up screaming I'm sorry. When you say he screams, does he scream like a person? Yeah, he screams like a person. Yeah, like in the that video from like 2012. Yeah, or like a, a goat screaming like a person. Ma! <laughs> and then I wake up and I'm screaming. Is Ar- what is Archibald? Archibald's, doing? Uh, Archibald is like writhing in pain on the ground. Archibald! And I, I kind of go to him, but as I go, I like the bullet wound still hurts. And yeah. I kind of draw back for a moment as whatever happens, happens. Archibald, you, he seems okay for the most part, but like he's, his legs kind of twist in different ways. And you see his um, body start to almost like hulk out kind of. And he looks kind of like roided out for a moment. His tongue goes very long and his teeth get huge and his ah. eyes kind of swell. Ah. Holy shit. And he looks just kind of like this monstrous version of himself for a moment. He's like screaming out. And then as soon as it's as, like it started, it stops. And he kind of returns back to his normal little goat self. And he just kind of looks at you and bleats again. Uh, buddy? Are you okay? Did you eat too many of the cocoa beans? And it kind of like, it kind of like, kind of like, coughs like a little weird goat cough for a second. And it spits out like this huge glob of that same black seed from your dream. I draw away from it. Ew. And, and it kind of just like licks it gingerly. <laughs> <laughs> Does he immediately start eating it again? Yeah, he starts eating it again. Oh, God, no! <laughs> I, kick it, I kick it away. All right, so... Uh, great. Six to your shoes. Archibald, is, <laughs> now, Archibald now has the Mauler archetype for a familiar. It's yes. cha- like Whatever has happened to him has changed his whole body. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So the Mauler archetype's really fun. It gives him increased strength uh, at third level, which we are past. It gives him the ability to transform into a larger, more ferocious form uh, three times a day. 
which changes his size class from small to medium, gives him a bonus to his strength score. Generally, it's, it'll just make him more effective in combat. More nice. of a combat familiar now. Yeah. You know, like, Archibald, don't get me wrong, Archibald has gotten very, very lucky um, and done quite a lot in terms of taking people down, especially when the dice are not working on Kafka's side, but this will make him better. He, but, but so far, he's already been our best fighter. Yeah, he's pretty impressive. He's yeah. an impressive little goat. Yeah, no, like, I can't even take offense on Kafka's behalf there. That's just objectively true. <laughs> All right. Um, and so, Kafka, that's you. Meanwhile, in the hammock, in Kata's hammock. No, what's happening to Ka? Kata, <laughs> you're having a dream. Okay. You're back in the desert. You're a little girl again. Oh. You're at the site with your, you're at a dig site with your parents. What's it like? You're outside of the, the kingdom of Rosin, the kingdom of a thousand and one princes. Oh, I see. You're at the, a dig site that you remember very well, although it, it's a strange memory. It's a memory that will haunt you the rest of your life. It's the time, whatever happened to you with that room full of snakes. It was awful. This, this is awful. I don't like this. Tell me, so tell me a little bit, like, what were your parents like? We, we know a little bit about them, but, like, they're here right now. You're a little girl again. Like, what, you're 12, I assume, when this happened? Yeah, or, like, 10. 10? Okay, so you're 10 again. You're back in your 10-year-old body. It's a hot summer day in the, at this dig site. You see, there's a whole bunch of men in turbans uh, uh, piling up sand and dusting through these ruins. Your dad and mo- your, your father and mother are both in charge of this excavation, I assume? Yeah, they're busy. What were they like? Very studious. They were they were good parents, but they were also kind of like absentee parents because while I was with them, they were kind of relying on everyone to keep an eye on me, and they were really often preoccupied with their work. So I imagine that in this instance, they're over in a tent dealing with some stuff, and I've been like playing on my own in the sand for the last day. Okay. So you're seeing yourself almost out of body in this a little bit. So this, these ruins... You know, there's some sort of ancient civilization here. Maybe they worshipped the snakes. Maybe they were snakes. I don't, I don't really know. What was it like? What, what kind of ruin is this? What was... What, it's where, vaguely where we? Egyptian looking. Okay, we're in an Egyptian... Like, kind of be... Maybe yeah. we're on like... Okay, so like our own worlds, maybe we'll kind of say like we're on like the border of uh, Nilept, which is like a kingdom nearby, which is kind of Egyptian flavored, essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so you're... Okay, so these ancient ruins kind of maybe... Maybe a, a dilapidated pyramid of some yeah, sort. Yeah, and they're, they're pretty well preserved. So there are areas that are full of, like, these cool artifacts and things that are really well preserved because rooms have been sealed. So we've been spending a lot of time getting through all the sand from all the sandstorms and the years of degradation to get into these really, like, perfectly sealed tombs. Okay, great. So walk me through. Where, how do, what does uh, Kata do? She's playing with, some, playing with the sand. And she, what happens to her? She what, just kind of meanders go? into, uh, like, Kata likes to explore because she thinks she's a badass. Uh, so once you excavate the, like a room in the tomb, she wants to go in and look at it. Normally there are people with her, but this time she happens to like see a hole in part of the like what looks like a loose rock, mm-hmm. and she knows that when her dad touches like different things, sometimes new doors will open. Like it's it's she's used to kind of more magical dig sites as you would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's she like is like oh that looks like a cool part of the wall that. Maybe if I touch it, it'll do something, and it does. Okay. And it accidentally opens this, like, shrine room that's full of a bajillion snakes. Okay. But she gets stuck in it, because it's, like it's like one of those turning... You know how it's like a fireplace, and it turns around on this bookshelf? Yeah, false. And if you don't know where the lever is on the other side, okay. you can't turn it back around. Mm-hmm. So she had touched the right brick on this side mm-hmm. to open the door, but then she went through the, like, portal thing and got stuck in the room. 
because there was no, she couldn't figure out there. There was yeah, no, she couldn't figure, she get couldn't figure out, out what the level, yeah. what the lever was on the other side. So she spends a lot of time like touching all the walls Panicking, and trying to do trying the safe, but it's out. a shrine room full of snakes. Okay. And it's like, it's a snake idol. Okay. But then there's these jars and things. And when she opens one of the jars, cause she's like, oh, cool room before she realizes she's stuck in there and all these snakes pour out. Okay. Are they like covering her and like and like from whatever this experience was, these snakes involving it is that kind of where her shifter powers came from? Yeah, she opens the wrong jar. Okay, and like they think some sort of like some sort of smoke and essence and everything. Okay, so here's what I'll say. So, so Katie, you you've gone up. You're reliving this moment. You've had this dream all the time. All the time. This is a dream you have all the time. You you always go back up to that jar, and I think part of you always wishes that you didn't grab it. You you know I think there's Almost certainly a part of Kata that wishes this, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's a gift, but it's also a curse. Yeah, she wishes she had just sat, realized she couldn't get out and then sat there and waited. Because eventually someone comes and gets her. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't get out of there until someone else realizes that there's a room back there yeah. the next day. Okay. So what happens in, so what, you're having this dream. You go to grab the jar. And when you pull up and, like, the, the moment happens where... A big cloud of uh, this ancient smoke and dust. Maybe it was used some sort of ritual, some sort of this like snake effigy. It was all this, you know, this ancient culture that you didn't really understand. And you were, you know, at somewhere where like a kid maybe shouldn't have been. Yeah. And it, it resulted in this like crazy transformation for you. So you have a moment and it's always the same part of the dream. You know, you get that face full of this smoke and you inhale it and you just feel something change dramatically as the snakes in this room start like encircling you and like wrapping themselves around you and it's and it's a it's a lot it, like for a kid it almost it almost fractures your mind every time yeah. in a way like it, it leaves you stunned and when you turn around you know usually at this moment of the dream you always don't happens next because you 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 went to run right you yeah. went to you, you went you, to get out of the room you went to get out of the room you go to turn around and instead behind you this room Still covered in snakes, but the entrance of it is now the the door and that whole false wall is shrouded in darkness in a way that it wasn't before. There was like kind of this like eerie green light. You have a very vivid memory of this whole experience, yeah, but now it's different. Something about this has changed. Something about this dream is different now, and you see this kind of like cloud of slimy red kind oh. of smoke eating into the room. And a face, this enormous simian face with long, curled horns, Ah. pokes its head through this cloud. And it looks down at you, and it surveys the room cautiously for a moment, looking at the snakes with absolute disgust. (sighs) Ginkgo spirit. Oh, no! I have found you. Oh, no. You recognize the demon that you spoke to in, in the tree. N- it's not. It's Zaranagan. It is Zaranagan. Look at you writing things down. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like a little girl. So oh, you're still no. like your little girl body. This black, acrid smoke starts to coalesce, and it turns into his uh, simian form. It stands about 14 feet tall, red red fur, huge horns, and this enormous, disgusting maw where his heart should be. Oh, this is awful. I, like, cower in fear because I'm 10. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what the the hell is going 
there's snakes behind me and I'm like nervous about the snakes but at this point I don't give a fuck about the snakes because there's a fucking Zoranagan is the demon spirit in front of my face and I don't know what to do yeah he looks down and she says Ginkgo who are you I'm I'm the ginkgo. I say I'm the ginkgo. I'm the ginkgo. I'm the ginkgo, and I'm covering my eyes. And I'm no. And he sh- like takes his fist and he slams it to the ground, <laughs> and like snakes kind of evaporate and like start. The room is starting to change a little bit, and suddenly there's no more snakes. He looks at Johnny and says, "I hate snakes." Oh well, that's maybe good to know. <laughs> um, uh, um. I'm like I'm sh- I'm shocked. Ten year old yeah. kid has no idea what to do with You're this. You're kind of snapping into it a little bit though. Okay. You're starting to have a moment of like a lucid dream. You're still in ten year old Kata body, but you're starting to kind of gain consciousness of like I'm in a dream. Okay. I do that thing where I try to open my eyes really hard. Okay. I try really hard to open my eyes, like I'm trying he to. He smashes force it. the ground next to you. No. Uh, um. Um. What do you What do you want to know? What do you, uh, like? What do you want to know? Get out of my dream. Get out of my head. I shouldn't be seeing this. <laughs> he is snarling, kind of pacing through the room. You killed him. I am forever trapped in this fucking tree because you killed him. Who did I kill? Which one? Who? Kabarak. Oh. My caretaker. He was to free me, and I am forever locked in this tree. You're stuck? How are you visiting me now? We formed a connection. Once we spoke. Damn it. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Christy. Uh, oh, shitty. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what do I have to do to get you to leave my headspace? Free me! I can't free you. I don't know how to free you. You're stuck in a tree. Do you want me to cut the tree down? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. <laughs> what do I do then? You must retrieve the book of Angazan. I have to find the book. The Jungle of Screams. Um. Recite the passage at the tree. Okay, and that frees your spirit. You must offer a final sacrifice. What are you going to do if I let you free? I will... Take back the Charuka and slaughter my enemies. Who are your enemies? Those who would steal from Angazan. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Akeda is like not processing. This is like way too much for Akeda's brain right now. Mm -hmm. She, um, she's like, okay, well, so you want the book. If I read the bright passage, I free you from the tree and then, and then you murder your enemies and take back the forest for Angazan. Yes. Yeah, okay. Just checking. Um, <laughs> are me and my friends your enemies? Not unless you wish to be. I don't want to be. I would rather not be. What are you, what are you going to do the jungle, though, if you, like, take it back over? I shall make this jungle the domain of Angazan. Hmm. Rip it from, that, from the imposter dragon. Who's the dragon? He who lives at the jungle's heart. Oh, the dragon's jungle. That makes sense. (laughs) It shall be be Angazan's jungle. Oh. It is the promise of Poema. Kata has a moment in her dream where she does that thing where you realize out of body, you're like, oh, right. We came to the dragon's jungle to find the dragon ultimately. That's like 
part of the point. So I'm going to try and find this book for you. Where is it? I don't know. That's not helpful. I'm trapped in a tree. That's <laughs> not helpful. <laughs> so the herald, no, not the herald was protecting you. The heretic. Kabarak. The heretic was protecting you. He was going to let you free? Yes. Really? Was he tricking you? No. Are you sure? He had been tending for me, as all high clerics of Angazan of the of the tribe had for millennia, until the herald made himself the new leader. Oh. Okay. Well, any ideas where I can find this book? It may be in the low city. There could be copies elsewhere, though. Well, I'll look for it. Will you stay out of my head until I find it? Return soon. I mean, I sleep every night. Then I will see you then, Kata. Okay, but you gotta like give me some space. I'd really like some restful sleep so I can find the book. <laughs> we shall meet again. No, oh, no. And he fades, and you have a really awful night of sleep. That's terrible. <laughs> That's the worst thing that could have happened to Kata right now. She's already sad because of Dalton, and now she's got a demon after her. I feel like right now, like Kata, hold my beer. Mm. <laughs> that was tough. So Damius. <laughs> so 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 Damius is is fully unclothed in Shaka's arms. Mm-hmm. They have just broke back, jungled the shit out of this place. I've been that way. Like after like you know after like intense grief, sometimes you just gotta you know you know just pound yeah. it out. It's gotta, yeah. you know sometimes it's like that gets you going. That's you, sadness you, is a big is a good aphrodisiac sometimes you were gonna say lubricant i was yeah, i'm pretty sure the last thing I, I think the last thing that that shaka said to me was why can't i quit you i don't know why he'd say that <laughs> yeah, i think shaka's really, he really, seems like a very positive guy who's yeah, into this he's really into you yeah at uh, no point has he ever felt seemed to feel bad about being attracted to you yeah. no i didn't this is actually it's pretty hot for me too i think he meant it like kind of fun like why can't i quit you mm, <laughs> kiss on the cheek <laughs> but regardless, we're spooning. Yeah. So you have a nice spoon. Are you the little spoon or the big spoon? This will matter. I'm the little spoon. Okay. Yeah, you are. That's right. You got a little tail wrapped around your ankle. Yeah. Oh. Play, playing footsies with me with his tail. That's All right. right. Oh. <laughs> All right. And Damius, you also have a dream. Oh, okay. no. Which demon did you talk to? <laughs> Damius, your dream, you are also a younger boy. I'm not really sure how we how we have ever decided on exactly how Dampier age. I always kind of age very slowly. You age very slowly, but were you a child at the same time Ruth was a child? Ruth was how old then? Ruth left for college when she was like eighteen and came and like lived her whole life in the colony. I think we said that you. I believe we were friends at the same age. Yeah, I would say I always like the. I I always kind of prefer that like. My own telling for like longer lived races is that they kind of mature through adolescence at the same ra- human rate. I would say actually at a somewhat slower rate. At a somewhat slower because yeah. I don't like the idea of like I'm twelve for thirty years. No, no, no. Like, it's like but yeah. it's a somewhat slower rate. But it was at that time if we were twelve, yeah. we were both twelve. Yeah. Okay. Great. So we're both. Or, yeah. Essentially, maybe I might have been fourteen. Yeah, but it's like, it's like yeah. in the same range. But I was close. Okay. Yeah. Great. So that's what we're kind of picking up because yeah. we're in. In your dream, you're dreaming of Leroy at the at its height, at its most beautiful, and you it's you remember a very specific fair. It was a kind of a, a an annual tradition that the colony would put on, where they would try to like replicate home a little bit, say replicate Gallerney. 
it was um, you know they would have lots of stalls up. There would they would make traditional Galern food. They would ha- play lots of games, and it was just like a, a big kind of a conv- uh, big joyous celebration. Of, no, I, I remember my mom. My, my mom would get such a kick out of it, and I would not fully understand what it was all about. But she it meant so much to her, and I would laugh with her. And I would enjoy it. And she would tell me she would tell me how to do things, like how to uh, bite into the apple and pull it out of the bucket. Yeah, exactly. It's hundred yes. percent that kind of thing. Yes. And you're having like and, you're just having and the best I was time. so good at it because <laughs> of, of my teeth. <laughs> and you know, it's just like this great day. Like, you know, it's a beautiful sunny day, nothing out of the jungle. People have like, you know, there's a whole bunch of different like wild boar and like beautiful food that was shipped in and traditional pastries. You see Mathilti there, and she's like serving everybody lemonades from her potion shop, <laughs> and it's it's just like the best. You're just having like a, a, a gay old time uh, in Leroy at this fair. You hear your mother kind of call out, "Damius, Damius, come! Dinner's almost ready." Which is really interesting because at that point, there's a shadow right next to me that says, "Ignore her." Ooh, your dark half is already manifesting. It's always been there. Oh, I love that. <laughs> okay, so what would you do? Um, I feel a moment of guilt, and then I hear a call. Okay, you rush to your mother. You know, Ruth says goodbye, and your other little friends say goodbye. And you rush to your mother, and you, when you get to her, you look up at her face, and it, it's blurry. It's You can't make out your mother's face, and she, but she combs back your hair, and she kisses you on the forehead. And she's kind of ushering you into the house, but you you stop for a moment because you you can't make out your mother's face. You you think yourself for, you're you're taken out of your dream for a moment into your own conscious mind, and you can't remember your mother's face. Well, and that's when the shadow next to me reaches around and looks at me and says, "That is not your mother." And I and I and I turn to my mother who has no face. I reach for her for for the for I reach for her face to see if I can stop it from moving. Okay. What's your father's name? Do we know? Do I know my father's name? I think I wrote it down somewhere, but let's make it up now. Okay. What's your father's name? Um, Carnius. Car- oh, I love it. Good job. Okay, great. <laughs> nice. You, when you go to kind of reach out for her, she kind of bats your hand away and she says, Carnius, stop that. Come, come. Damis is inside. He's waiting to eat. We're all going to eat like a family. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. And I, 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 and I, and I follow her into dine with Damius. You get inside and you see like a little boy version of you. And suddenly you're a grown ass man. You're back in your normal body, but you're dressed differently. You're dressed how you think your father might've dressed. I have seen pictures. Oh, well then great. You're dressed like that. Mm-hmm. You're dressed just like that. And your mother comes down and she serves out and she just puts out a platter and it's Dalton's head and it's got a big apple in his mouth. And everybody's uh, got their knives and forks out, and they all look really excited and really hungry. <laughs> wow! And that's when this—that's when my shadow wraps around and says, "Eat the head. Ooh. Eat the head." <laughs> and I look to the the young version of myself, uh-huh. and I go, "Don't do it." And he looks up at you, and he and like he looks confused, and and he runs out out of the house because he's not sure what to make of this. And he runs, and you see him like running out the down the block suddenly. As um, and, and that's when the, that's when the shadow whispers in the air and goes, "He is weak. Ah. He is weak. Ignore him." You're sitting down. Your shadow self is talking to you, and your mother, whose face is still blank, is passing you like some gravy and, and vegetables as a side. 
And when you turn to her again, it's suddenly Mathilti. But as you knew her now, not when you knew her back then, when she was a little younger. She was still an old woman back then, but now she's like much, much older. Mm-hmm. And she's passing you like a big heaping pile of like mashed potatoes. And she looks back at you, but you're back in like your normal body. And she looks like as she is. And like the rest of the scene's kind of dissolved. You're back in your house, but Dalton's head's gone. The little you running down the street's gone. Okay. It's like the dream kind of had like pause. And she passes and she says, oh, this was a beautiful place, wasn't it, at its height? And she's got this little thing of mashed potatoes and she's putting some pepper on it. I, I sit next to her. Next to, she's, while she's prepping the potatoes. I sit next yeah. to her and I, I go, it, it was a beautiful place in its height. Yes, I I wish I could have saved more of them. Is, is that how you feel sometimes, Damius? I, I look around at all these piece of places in my dreams and I think... All these people, these good, these good people who are my friends and family for years and years, and they're all dead in such a violent, awful, awful way. But it, but it is because they were weak. Do you not, do you not see that too? Was it because they were weak? Is that what this is? Is is human love weakness, Damius? He takes a deep breath. Do not speak to me of human love. There is no deeper wound than I have, that I have, than human love. I understand. I do. I do. I've lost many daughters. They died during the attack, you remember? They were good girls in the Charoka, just... Well, none of that. None of that. No, no, I do remember. The wounds were so vicious. The blood everywhere. Yes, of course, of course. It's these Charoka... The darkness of this jungle, it could... Leroy, we thought we could tame it. And they had promised to protect us. You're right. And then they came. I don't want to say it, but some of its least likely citizens to survive. An an old woman and a a strange young man are the only things left. I was but a boy. Yes. It's it's remarkable that we survived, Damius. Marlo was just a boy. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Oh, that poor, poor man. But the Charuka threat has grown too large. It's going to spill out. It's going to take over this whole place, and I can't have that happen again. I can't see that happen again. There could be a way to stop the Charuka, Damius. How do we do this? They've, they're too big now. We can't let another Leroy happen. All of the people at Sugar Glade and all the people at Poema, we, we need to protect them. And I think, I think you and your friends are the people who have the power to do so. So we should kill them all systematically. We don't have the resources for something like that. But there is a, there is a way. There is a way. There was a, there is an ancient being who protects this jungle. A, a great coatl. His name is Otlatika. He used to fly over this land and protect it against the evil, evil uh, Charuka or the Knolls or whoever else that would threaten us, and any of the good-natured people who lived in the valley. But Otlatika has never hasn't been seen since the Charuka attacked. Otlatika. Otlatika. He would protect everyone. It was a, a great winged serpent who flew high and would defend the good people here. But I had never seen that. No, we never 
he would, had never needed to be called while Leroy stood. The, there was no great threat until the Charoka. When they attacked, they destroyed the bridges that connected to Utlatika's landing spot and the great fire that can be burned to summon him. We must rebuild the bridge. Yes. We must light the fire. We must light the fire. It is that, and you suddenly, like, your house is gone. And you're suddenly back in, like, the middle of it. And Mathilti points to the edge of the jungle where the valley rises up into hills at the highest point at the northern edge of the jungle. And she points to it. She says, up there, there is where you will find Otlatika's resting spot. Light his great fire and he will come. He will save us. I will do this. Thank you, Damius. The people at Sugar Glade, the people of Poema, they may not remember us and they might not expect you and I to be the ones to save them all. But we will. And then she fades away and you have a dreamless sleep. Oh, no, I, I, I think it was I, a dream. I think the rest I, of it is I, mean, I think I startle awake for a moment, right? Okay, sure. Yeah, I startle awake yeah, for a moment. Okay. And I turn a bit to, to Shayaka and I say, Mathilde, in my half moment of sleep, and then I kiss him. Oh, and Shayaka's like, no, that's an old lady. I don't... Okay. Weird. <laughs> and, he, and he goes back to sleep. Yeah, weird. But if you're into it, I can be a team player. I'm a team player. I'm G- I'm very GGG. <laughs> All right, and you guys wake up in the morning. Everyone's in a bad mood. I said hold my beer, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think Kate has still got the worst of it. Yeah, that sucked. I mean, I don't know. Actually, I was drowned in bird seed. No, no, I was trying to make it worse for him. I don't know. Your your familiar got better. That's what happened to you, Kafka. (laughs) I didn't get shit. But I don't know that. Okay, but your familiar got better, and I'm being haunted by a demon. Yeah, but hey, in fairness, I'm also about to get a sweet longbow, and uh, and I'm also I'm also not single anymore. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a huge loss. Uh, actually, you, that's not true. For uh, you guys are gonna wake up with some little special bonuses here, <gasps> Chrissy. You're gonna wake up with the blessing of the jungle demon. The blessing of the jungle demon. You want to tell me about that? Yeah, you can. It's, a, it's something you can you can do as a free action. And you can do this once, and it's gonna last you an hour. Okay. One time only. One time per day. It's one time only. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice little blessing that Zaranda Gam gave you. It's going to allow you to when you uh, use your uh, blessing of the uh, uh, jungle demon. It's gonna act as if you just cast magic fang, rage, and infernal healing on yourself. Holy shit. Ooh, rage Save. and infernal healing. And, and magic, magic fang. fang. Yeah. Save that for a boss fight. Damius, you wake up with your mother's talismans around your neck. Physically? Yeah. I have a a a necklace? Yeah. That's so strange. Yes. Isn't it just? You wake up and your mother's and like you rem- you remember her making them. She would sit there and craft them. It was a little hobby of hers, one that you could never really pick up. But you find on yourself a talisman of sealed summons, a talisman of freedom, and a talisman of arrow protection. They're all lesser talismans, but they're, you have all three of them. Wow. Wow. So they can all like they're like like almost like large charms on a necklace. Exactly. Wow. I don't even know what to say. That's weird. It's fully weird. I think I dress. I think I dress somewhat shamefully, and I try to hide it from Shaka. 
Hey, what's going on? Where are you going this early? And he kind of slaps your butt as you're trying to get dressed. With his tail. With his tail. <laughs> um, I, I pull my shirt on quickly. Um, I don't really care about the rash. I just pull my shirt on quickly and I start <laughs> tying it. I, I, oh, I, I thought I would get us some bananas or something. Oh, you read my mind, man. I could go for like, give me like, I don't know, eight, no. Ted, give me ten bananas. I take, <laughs> I, I, I take his hand. Like, I, will, I will also get us some coffee. And, and, and I think that, you know, I, I could really use some banana bread, too. That, that we should do. We should make banana bread. Let's make banana bread today. That'd be so fun. You, you are the best. And I You're kiss, the best. And I kiss him. Ooh. All right. Uh, and, yes. then I, and then I brush his, his, the hair in his head a bit because it's really weird because he's slept in it. Okay. Yeah. Oh. All right. Kate uh, and Kafka, what are you guys up to? I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out in my hammock. I'm not happy about this morning. And I, like, spend most of the morning trying to go back to sleep. Because Kata is really cranky if she doesn't get a full night's sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not good. So I've, like, got all these blankets pulled over my head to try and keep it dark as long as possible. So that <laughs> I can try it. Like, I'm curled up kind of like a snake. I think Ka's, like, hungry. Ka's like, oh, I just want to eat. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Ka's, Ka's, like, on your chest, uh, like, Hissing right in your face, prodding <laughs> yep. you with his little snake tail. Like he's got a tail. He's, he's got two, two heads. heads. He's a two-headed snake. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I always thought of the two heads as being side by side oh, with no. the tail. No, it's less practical than that. Yep. Oh, even better. It's way better. Right, so yeah. We got like a full cat dog situation. It's a full cat dog. They decide. They decide which one of them eats and which one poops. <laughs> oh God. Yep. Yeah, so he's just using one of his heads to prod you. It's like nibbling my ear. I'm like trying to hide under these blankets and it's like got my ear on one side and then it's like trying to slither around and like open my eyeballs on the other side. uh, It's awful. God, it's like the worst version of having a cat. It's awful. I think Kafka's going to go to Dalton's tent. Is there anything of note there? I took it all. Chrissy did rate it. You'll see, yeah, but I wasn't going to rate it. I was going for, like, some finality, because I had just ended his life, and I was going to come... You want to try to look around, see if you can find anything of note? Yeah. Okay. Because I also have, like, a much better perception check than she does. All right, go for it. Yeah, that is a 19. It's one better than her perception. I'll give you this, though. You find, uh, you kind of take care of it, because you don't find much of anything. Like, Kafka's kind of rooting around for Dalton stuff. You find his gun stuff. You find... Um, a couple things here and there. You find a uh, potion of cat's grace. Hmm. That's fun. And you find a letter written from someone named Timon. I take a moment to hesitate because it's a dead man's mail. And then I remember that he's dead, so he's not going to know. So I open it. Okay. Uh, you get a letter. It's a long letter. And it's strongly worded. And it's from, you immediately kind of infer that it is from Dalton's brother. Oh, okay. And the gist of the letter is saying, like, don't come back home. You're no good. Uh, we don't want you around here anymore. And he knows like, him. Yeah, dad, like, dad keeps asking for you. You just break his heart. I can't believe he gave you, like, the family bow. If I see you again, I'm just as likely to put a, an arrow in your heart. I think uh, Kafka sits with that for a while. Um, because, like, you know, as we established at the start of this campaign, Kafka... Went on what is essentially the world's worst study abroad program, because he had just flunked out of uh, out of pre madge basically. Basically, um, and he has yet to tell his parents for fear of disappointing them. And yeah. So I think I think he is definitely having this moment of looking at how Dalton ended up dead halfway across the world from home in this unfamiliar jungle. 
and like to know that Dalton had a family bow and that he never even used it, that he always used guns. Like clearly he came from some kind of archery family mm-hmm. to be such a good shooter, but that he never used it. Um, and I think I think Kafka kind of sits with that for a while. And then I think when he's ready, he rises because he's noticed that there is not a family bow in here. Um, he goes, I think he sees it by Kata's bunk where Kata is uh, writhing in her hammock. And I think he walks right past you as you're writhing in your sleep and just kind of grabs it and goes like to the edge of camp and just starts shooting. Just like practicing? Yeah. You notice that the bow is of, of exceptional quality. It is a, obviously masterwork, but it is an animal bane composite longbow. Uh, with a strength, with a strength score that fits whatever fuck strength score you have. Okay, awesome. And so I just um, do some target practice because I need to not think about things for a while. When are you gonna ever use an animal bane longbow or composite bow in a jungle? (laughs) (laughs) Talk about specific. Yeah. (laughs) You know what's kind of funny after all this craziness? It's a free day. What do you guys do today? I crawl out of my hammock and I'm pissed. Kyle's like, oh my god, thank god you're awake. I have to pee so bad. Uh, Do you need to walk him? Yeah. I doesn't want to pee in my hammock. Can't you just go pee somewhere else? Yeah, but like it likes to snuggle. Okay. Uh, So it's like, it's, you know, as two-headed snakes do. Uh, But so we get out of the hammock and I go and I find my band of trusty people. I walk up to Kafka, who all of a sudden has my longbow. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, buddy, I found that. Yes, I was, I need it. Okay, but I was going to give it back to Dalton's dad with the rest of the other stuff I'm supposed to give to Dalton's dad. We'll give it back to him if we get out of here alive. Okay, is it helpful to you? Um, I have been shooting way better with this thing than I ever did with my dinky short bow. Then I'm like, okay, you may keep it, but I need you to give me a feather promise that... You're going to give it back at the end of the journey. Chrissy, you get an emerald for feather promise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, you better believe I absolutely extend... Uh, One feather. <laughs> I, ex- I extend a pinion feather to you. Um, and I, uh, I, Yes, I give you a pinion promise. All right. So I make sure that Damius is around. I'm like, hey, where Damius? Currently, Damius is like getting a couple cups of coffee and some bananas under his arm. Oh. How is he balancing it? Is he wearing a big silk robe? That's kind of how I imagine him. Oh, yeah, he's wearing a silk robe. (laughs) Where where did he get it? It's tattered. It's it's made from curtains. Yeah. Yeah. Hand sewed. And he's holding a couple cups of coffee and some bananas under his arm. You know, maybe a little, like, maybe a little bit of bread, you know? And uh, I'm sure it's banana bread. Yeah. Somebody had a banana bread, sure. We have no other kinds of bread. Mm, you know, his hair's really kind of messy, and he's heading back towards Shaka's tent. I'm like, hey, did you have a good night? What? I slept, Christy. What? 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 I'm sorry. What? What? Snake lady, I slept. Like you did. Right? Okay. Yeah. I Well, I mean, I had a really terrible nightmare that I was going to tell you about. So if you want to, like, deliver that coffee and bananas and then come powwow for a second. What was your cool. nightmare? It was awful. Kafka, come here. We're going to talk about nightmares. I dreamt of my mother. I dreamt of that demon that was stuck in a tree. I drowned in birdseed. <laughs> I, 
I'm going to go with demon on the tree on this one. On this. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, there was a lot of bird seed. <laughs> well, okay. I will just point out that after my dream, I open my shirt a bit. These things, my mother's talismans from my childhood appeared on my neck. I'm just, I'm just saying that don't tell Chiaka. Okay. And I close them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Damius. Is that a hickey? Kata, big Kata, ass hickey. Kata, does that look like a hickey to you? Because it looks like a hickey to me. Yeah, it's kind of hickey-ish, but don't, I, we, it's don't okay. Don't be immature. <laughs> Says the I, man with the hickey. I, <laughs> I'm an undergrad. This is dope. Wait, but, I can't even get hickeys. You, you ever try giving feathers a hickey? It doesn't work that way. No. You can't even do it with a beak. No, you really couldn't. No, you just kind of drill into their flesh, and then the sorority uninvites you. I mean, trust me, you, you are you are not the only Tengu in this jungle, so I know. Uh, what was your dream about the demon? Well, that so do you remember when we found the demon in the tree? Yes, the okay. demon in the yeah, tree. Yeah, it was like the only demon in yeah, a tree the we found tree. this whole journey. So turns out that the guy that we killed. Um, was gonna free him from the tree because he's like the, you know, he, he's the champion of Angazan essentially and he wants to bring the jungle back under Angazan's control. And I guess the guy that we killed was gonna go free him by finding the book of Angazan. Wait. So, do, what is this book of Angazan? I'm not sure. It's unclear. It's a book. I'm supposed to read a passage, then the guy's free from the tree. Well, do not do this. Oh, I don't know if I really, but, but don't we feel like we maybe killed the, the, the wrong Charuka? I mean, it does sound like. The person we thought was the herald is actually the heretic, and the person who the, was the heretic was maybe actually the herald. Well, no, the the heretic was actually a Shiraka. The the herald is a hag. It's unclear at this moment how long we've he's been in control or been controlled by the hag. So we don't actually know if like when he split from. Wait. I didn't see a hag. I only saw the herald of Angazan, and he is a Charuka. The Herald of Ang- oh. Kafka. <laughs> and I I turn into the Herald of Agazan. Ah! <laughs> I draw my sword, and Archibald is really roided up. And I imagine you have questions. <laughs> and then I release the spell. Yeah. Do this is just a magic thing. It's the the Herald of Agazan is not Shirokai. It is it is a hag. Wow. I was really not cut out for a pre-mag major. But if you really want to, like, be upset, think about this. We have now seen two hacks, and we have killed one of them, and one of them is angry. Mm-hmm. But if there are two hags, that and means, not just one... That means there are three hags. There must be at least three hags. And they are probably looking or trying to make another. I, You know, this is bad. It's like the Force. There have to be three. No more, no less. But I have some good news for you. Okay. How can there possibly be good news? The Herald of Angazan, the most dangerous Charuka, is actually some kind of shape-shifting witch woman. There's a whole other witch woman that we haven't even met yet. They're trying to make another one, and there's still a demon in a tree, which could be turned into, I don't know, demon pencils if we're not careful. I don't know, there but it haunts no my dreams. Up what upside could there possibly be? Well, there is a there is a quattle that protects this jungle, or used to protect this jungle, and all we need to do is build a bridge to his temple and light the fire and summon him back and then everything is good what how do you know this uh oh what's a coaddle you know, 
Okawado is a it is a it is a snake with wings. It is a big giant like snake dragon with well, wings. Well, that explains why Angazan hates but snakes. But it also has rainbow colored scales. It's quite beautiful. Uh, you should read more. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. but, yeah. but I, I think Kafkin takes like a moment. He's about to be offended. And he's like, eh, yeah. <laughs> but this coffee is getting cold, so let's pick this up in a bit. And I go back to check his tent. Okay. A kawado, a bridge, and a temple. Okay, but do we think that I should free the demon from a tree or no? Um, no, no, I don't think you should free any demon from any trees. I don't think that you should free, you should not free it from a tree. You should not free it from a lee. <laughs> you should not free it from the sand. Okay. You should not free it, Kata. But it's going to haunt my dreams forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So, so haunt its dreams back. I, well, I don't want to do that thing where I have to go study with Professor Snape about my mind wall. No. I want to, like, not have to deal with the demon. No. What I'm saying is, like, just the next time the demon shows up in your dream, just, like, start singing, like, a really, really annoying song. And just, like, don't stop. And he's going to go, like, you, you should respect the personage of Tree Monkey. But, but then you'll just be like, You'll just be like singing the song, and then he'll be like, "Cut that out!" And then you'll be like singing the song, and then you'll be like, "I told you to stop it." Okay, Capca, I don't think that's gonna work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate John the effort. Jacob, Jingleheimer <laughs> rolls her eyes. W Well-known folk hero in the Stitch world, John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, single-handedly brought about the Age of Enlightenment, ended poverty in Chermov. Famous person. <laughs> Awful. And his name is my name too. <laughs> A lot of people are named after him. It's weird that there are two people named John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt and they hang out together. <laughs> <laughs> um, back at Shaka's tent. Mm -hmm. Kick off my shoes, cuddle with Shaka, and I reach in my bag and I pull out the talking board. Okay. And I look to Shaka, there, there are so many questions I have, Shaka. And I, and I kick the planchet with my toe. Okay. And I say, but there is a third hag out there. I'm so want to know about that third hag. Okay, I see. Okay, so what's going to happen is your uh, your your talking board kind of springs to life for a moment, and the spirit of Professor Euliser Burnbook manifests just for a moment inside the planchette, and it, and it, you see the. Does he have a hacky sack? <laughs> I found it. And, and he's not giving it back. <laughs> yeah. This is going in his special drawer. <laughs> you get it back into the semester. With oh the man, I'm not going to make it to the end of the semester. <laughs> now, especially with the frisbees. Yeah. And the cell phones. <laughs> the cell phones, frisbees, vape pens, all in there. It's a lot of vapes. <laughs> Just mostly vapes. <laughs> and um, and uh, you're, you're kind of having this thing, and he says to you, I technically have to make a roll for this. Oh, okay. Well, let's make a Don't roll. Don't forget I have to make a roll for this. Make a little ling linguistic. Because I may not understand what he's about to tell How, me. Yeah, let's try to interpret the strange the, dream. The only 20D roll of this entire day. Oh, ouch. What'd you get? Ouch. It is a 29. Wow. I know everything. So yeah. good. Yeah. So, so good. Okay, and so okay, how is that's full on. That's full on divination. It's, which is what it means that every time I'm... I get to see, like, literally see and hear the thing, the event that matters to what I just said. Okay, and you want to know about the, the third hack? The third hack. Oh, okay, great, great. No. Yeah. Okay. 
But it's not a vision. It's it's something spelled out on the talking. Well, board, the talking right? board is spelling out, but it, it it literally relays the information as if it was a vision. But it's the talking board spelling it out. Okay. Okay. It it points. Okay. So the talking board says this. It starts coming through, and it says, "Oh no! Oh no! How sad, Mr. Dalton. So sad. I'm beside myself with grief." <laughs> Oh wait, he's here in the afterlife with me. Say hello. He's shy. He's <laughs> upset about dying. Get it, Eulister, get it. <laughs> oh, 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 he's, he's, he's running straight to Phrasma's gates, demanding to be sorted. Oh, <laughs> oh and, then the, and then it kind of snaps. He's like, oh, right, sorry, the hags. <laughs> yes, the hags, of course, of course. <laughs> You're looking for a hag. She walks through the woods. She hears the call of the coven. She wants to answer, but she also doesn't. And I think that's the end of this chapter oh, of the Mythos Man. God damn you, Calder! God damn you to hell! Thanks for tuning in for this week's chapter of the Mythos Manual. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a review, and we'll be sure to send you good luck on all your future roles.